The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. What do you know? I just love how Thursdays go. I mean, why wouldn't I? This is the day for you to come and join me live through Be Exposed Radio on a You Better Live show. So thank y'all for joining me today. Whoever is joining me, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because guess what? <laughs> y'all got the people looking at me like I do what I supposed to do to be able to come through. And I'm like, okay, I do need to get it together. So, you know, today the topic of the show is it's a mess and i will bring up some topics let y'all know what's on my mind what i think is on yours y'all know it's your news our reviews so it's a little bit of all of that of course i gotta tell y'all my business yes i gotta tell y'all my business and the catastrophe of all day that i had yesterday of course along with all the catastrophes that i feel are going on in the city around the world and all that other stuff. So this is where you get it. If you want it unscripted, uncut, and uncensored, it's right here with me, with the girl, Chess Rural, <laughs> the Empress Lady Cake Fix. And I always say, I know, yes, God is Chess. My name is a lot, but baby, I got to be a lot to be able to obtain and sustain and attain a lot of this stuff that is going on. So this every Thursday is definitely my release. I hope it is a release for you as well and some sort of peace and we'll be getting to know and grow something. I mean, not grow something, but getting to know and grow together, you know, through the communication, through sharing facts and me just talking about what is going on. So thank you for joining me. If this is your first time joining me or whether you are here all the time with me, y'all know why I get it started. Got to get that grace up in this place with some prayer. Just always giving all on honor and glory to my God. So whatever God you serve, whatever your beliefs is, you definitely can definitely get in tune, meditate, do whatever you do. You gotta give praise and grace to a higher power because guess what? God is he that is within me and he is within you as well. So let's get that going. Get that out the way. Not that we gotta get it out the way because by the way, you gotta do that every day. You feel me? You always need that, especially to get through this mess. It's a mess. But anyway, dear God, Heavenly Father, I thank you for bringing us into another day, oh, Father God. Another day, oh, Father God, sound in mind, sound in heart, sound in spirit. Continue to watch over us, oh, Father God. Help us along, oh, Father God, all of our troubles, all of our storms. Continue to let us know, oh, Father God, given a situation and circumstances where we don't just have to believe, but we know, Father God, that you are coverance over our lives. You are the raincoat, the umbrella, always the protection, oh, Father God. Please save us, oh, Father God. Forgive us for our areas of doubt, Lord, our areas of frustration, oh, Father God. Have mercy on us still, oh, Father God. Continue to cover us with your grace, your mercy, and your love. We give you all the glory and all the praise. Amen. Amen. Yes. You got to give them all the glory and all the praise. I mean, because, honey, over my own life, over my own life, or what, what can I say? Trying to have control over my own life. That's why it's a mess. That's why it's a mess. So I got to give honor and glory to God. But he the one who 
make my mess the best, if you get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying? Because I was looking over, especially looking over my life, different circumstances and situations that come my way, especially this little bit of trouble that I had yesterday, these car issues. Wow. I, I ain't gonna say car problems, but like tire issues. Y'all know I am famous, infamous for getting a flat. But guess what? Every situation I've had bad with a car, I've always some way made a way out of no way. And it was okay. And I look at that and I realize that it's like in so many circumstances and situations in my life. And today when I woke up, the stress, I just had to really acknowledge that I am so very blessed, y'all. I was in here crying. I was in here breaking down, just giving my praise because I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like, yes, I had put my own self when I say control over your life. And, you know, y'all can agree with me, right? Where you put your own self <laughs> in situations, but for the grace of God, you go through and you get through. So right now I'm going through, and that's another thing too, because sometimes, you know, we move and we move in our own way, feeling like we are doing what we have to do to get what we want. But sometimes you got to sit still in the storm. Yes, you got to sit still in the storm. What? It, it's our window. I know we can't stand the rain. Nobody wants to feel that pain, but we got to sit still in the storm and know that God is our umbrella. Marnie, what you were saying? What you were saying? I thought I, I, thought I heard uh, my good brother Marnie saying something. Um, in regards to that, but mm -hmm. it probably didn't I didn't say anything. On the counter, huh? I didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. Well, maybe I'm just trying to get him to talk to me. Because y'all know a lot of times I bring stuff up just to get money to talk to me. And of course, to get you to talk to me and let me know. What is your view on our news? The number is 443-642-9403. You can join me right here live with your comments or hit it up in the chat just like that. So let's get into it. Some of my what, no what's, and my what's in the world. What is going on right now that got everybody talking? Well, first of all, I want to bring up what had everybody talking about at first was these Canada wildfires, you know, the ones who just the ones that just happened had a whole atmosphere and <laughs> an uproar, like really had us on a bad air quality alert. Yes, they were selling us right here in Baltimore City to not even go outside when these rapid wildfires hit up in Canada. And did y'all see New York? It was looking like a, they said a scene from a scary movie or one of them apocalypse type of movies or something like that. And it did, but the skies here too was like built what smoke. What was that word? Of course, we had jokes. What was the word again? A, a apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> apocalypse. 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 Well, one of them scenes for the movies. Look, the movies made up, and if, that, if I said the word wrong, that's my word being made up. But y'all got what I was saying. <laughs> um, y'all know I'm famous too for my tongue twisters, but it's all right. Yeah, so these Canadian wildfires, the Canada wildfires up in Canada, I heard about them lately. You know, we heard about them. It was a lot going on about them when it had happened. Of course, um, I shared facts on how common actually. Um, the wildfires are, and that 85% of them are caused by human error. And that's what got me bringing it up 
again today because there's been a lot of speculation that these wildfires were purposely set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People, I'm hearing it through the grapevine. People were saying, because I told you at first when I was hearing about it, I myself was in my like conspiracy theory mind. Or oh, should it? I ain't even gonna really say conspiracy theory. It's just really like not just taking everything as what it seems or just listening to everything somebody telling me. So of course, I like to think for myself, think outside of the box. And it's a several things that be happening where I just got questions. I know I ain't the only one. I just got questions. Um, so I questioned it. You know, I questioned it like so many others. And that's what brought about the speculations that's going around now. People were saying that it was some type of alien invasion, baby. They're saying that another planet has arrived. I cannot remember the exact plan that, that they said, but they said that it was a cover that these fires were being set purposely, allegedly being set purposely to kill off whatever was out there, whatever they found. Well, what originally was out there that started the fires? Mm-hmm. And they saying that it was not human form of life, but an alien, alien. Yeah, that's what they saying. They saying something crashed, caused the fire. <laughs> Or uh, did they set the fire trying to kill it? Because mind you, the acreage that was burned up in this wildfire. And while wildfires are common, as I reported, and gave different reasons as to why they are caused, and 85% of them being at the, the hands of humans, whether it was intentionally or accidentally, right? And even in the season in Canada, they were saying that the wildfires are common. These, this is their season, but this this earlier in the year and being this severe was not common at all. And of course we know that because our old skies are smoky looking like a daggone um, hookah lounge. interesting though is that they're saying that um, it it wasn't arson. Oh. The majority of these were caused, I mean some of it was carelessness. Some of it was. I'm not going to say it wasn't. But some of it was um, wasn't carelessness. Some of it was lightning. Oh, okay, from storms and like, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's one of the reasons a lot of times how they are caused too by that. And of course, the um, the high temperatures and the combustion because a lot of these, um, these areas that hold all of this, you know, it's wildlife and these trees, they have plants and trees that are highly combustible, you know, when exactly. and they you realize that were, we didn't get as much rainfall and, su- and snow, right? Right, that we typically would have over the winter season. It wasn't a lot of snow, it wasn't even a lot of rainfall, even here. We didn't get, right. we didn't get any snow actually, right? And then to all of that, you know, with the effects. That we put on, you know, a lot of times we talked about the that. The forest and stuff is really, really dry right now. And that's, right. I mean, even now, if it hit 90, probably 90 degrees up there, it's probably going to start mm-hmm. another fire because it's dry. Wow. But did you hear anything about it? I didn't hear anything about it. Like if it, if they got it under control, well, not no, it's since not, it first just check. It's not under control, but it's okay. not as, um, they're saying uh, right now, it says, as of Friday, as of early Friday, there were 427 active fires, according to the inter- uh, Canadian Interagency wow. Forest Fire Center. Of those, 232 were out of control. So some of them are in control, wow. and some of them are still out of control. Right. And mind you, they are still going. still out of control. Right. And I think I reported on it probably about two weeks 
two thirds these back, like two mm -hmm. or three, because I, I believe it was in this month. And at that time, it had already burned enough acreage where they were saying that it was like our whole state. But you can also tell like, that's why um, uh, it, it, it's not why it's not under control. You can still feel it because that's why it's so cold right now because a lot of it is being blocked. The sun is being blocked out from wow. getting down to us by the smoke being in the atmosphere. Wow, ain't that crazy? That's why sixty degrees on the first on the second day of summer. Oh my goodness, I was ready to get into that. Right, <laughs> I said the first day of summer was officially yesterday. Yes, the summer solace, and what happened with that is supposed to be what is it? The longest day and the shortest night, or go the other way? How is it? Do you know? I'm the not solstice, sure that the way. summer solstice. It's, it go one in the ways. It's the longest day, I believe. I think I believe it's the longest day in a, the uh, the shortest night of the year. And baby, it was a long day for me. So even while the Canadian fires uh, was burning up, I was out there yesterday on the road, burning out tires, burning out air pump motors, and all of that. I was burned up. <laughs> I was burned up. No, not burnt up actually but like burning hot you know mad upset but I stayed calm and all was well I'm gonna tell y'all more about it a little later but let me just finish my notes on this Canadian fire um the reason why I was bringing it up Mamani thank you for looking into that bringing us some updates on it that they are still going and how it's burning everything but I really heard nothing about it and it was like really serious and weird to me uh, when it first came about, that's why I did do my research, found out how common it was and everything else like that. And then I wanted to tell y'all what people was talking about and what people were saying. It's a mess. And it's a mess. And why they do that? And I'm one of them people that's always reading, always looking, trying to get information. And it just takes me um, and my mind to come across some information like that that just keeps my mind going. So... What can I say? I got that information from that hand about the common see uh it being common and then I got this radical stuff over here that got my mind going, 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 going to. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Have y'all heard about it? You know, and that's another thing that I'll be saying, like in the news and when things happen or whatever, it's like they'll bring it up. It'll be this big thing, and then it's like quiet. It'd be silent. And I guess a lot of that has to contribute to. Here comes something else. Here comes something else. Something new. Something going on. Always something. Something new to talk about. So it has a lot to do about that. Um, so, okay, about the Canadian fires. What are people talking about right now? They talking about them people that took that trip and that submersible through Ocean Gate. Yes, Ocean Gate launched a submersible, not a submarine, um, down in the Atlantic Ocean on Father's Day, which was actually Sunday, June 18th. Um, as of today, I've seen the latest update and breaking news that it has been pronounced um, by the U.S. Coast Guard that the five individuals aboard this craft are deceased. Yes, that did come out. Um, they have concluded that some form of an implosion happened um, after discovering different fragments from um, this submersible, the submarine, submersible, submissive, whatever it is. But yes, it's called a submersible, <laughs> not a submarine. So I'm trying to make sure I get to the government page. So basically, 
five people, those five people on board included the CEO, Stockton Rush, uh, two uh, billionaires and classified as well as British adventurers. Um, he joined actually, uh, was he by himself? No, he was by himself. His name was Hanish Hamburg, I believe. Um, and then a Pakistani businessman who was uh, claimed, well, not claimed, but information has come on that he was a billionaire, was on board along with his sons. His his son, his 19-year-old son, his name was Shazada Dawood, and his son Solman were aboard, as well as a pilot uh, and an expert of the Titanic, Mr. Paul Henry Nargiolat. Okay, they went down in the submersible on Sunday, which was Father's Day. Uh, it has been noted that the submersible had a supply of at least 96 hours of oxygen um, in there. And it was already being speculated that if not found by today, they more than likely would be deceased. Um, now, they were working. I know the Navy was involved, the Cross Guard, also um, Marine uh, personnel or whatever from the, from over um, Britain and as well as Pakistan. I know they got involved in some way or another um, in the search because of their citizens being um, in this vessel. Um, but I look back on it. First of all, let me just say this. Let me just say that. See, I was trying to give y'all some facts before I really got into how I felt about it. And only because, you know, respectfully to know to now that these people are deceased for baby. It is no way. If I went through and read a lot of this information, it is no way. I mean, why? Why you want to go down there and see the Titanic? Why? Why you want to go down there and see a wreck? This fall, this fall down. And it's very few, they said, uh, vehicles, these water vehicles that can actually go that far, not even like some submarines. So when I looked at it, uh, I seen a friend of the CEO basically was saying that Mr. Rush was selling these trips to explore uh, the Titanic wreckage, like it was going to Disneyland, that he let people know basically about uh, the dangers. It was kind of to be... Um, led on to be like an adventure and something like, you know, breathtaking, something you would never do, something you would dare to do. Uh, but a lot of people um, that were friends, well, not a lot of people, but like friends of the pe other people that were on board, such as the billionaire friends and everything, were saying that it would never be a situation that that man would have put his son in, that he felt that wasn't unsafe, but that was unsafe. Um, but how have you, how had you, it has been now several reports coming out of one, people who've been on this Ocean Gate submersive before, as well as experts, you know, talking about it. Yes, they have been talking about it. Okay, so like I was saying, I wasn't went on there. Is no way I'm going to be locked in this thing. You know, one of the people uh, that went on there before, what was his name? I'm trying to find it for. It was a guy named, um, a former passenger named Arthur Lobo. I think he traveled in it back in 2021. Yes, he went to visit the uh, the Ocean Gate Submissible where it takes you on a tour basically of the Titanic. Uh, and basically the, the trip takes, let me stop my basically's right. That's when you know I'm looking at this fake, which I get my notes and everything. And see, I be knowing different stuff. 
about we will not come in because guess what? This is always and will be a learning experience. But at the same time, I hope y'all learn with me. Uh, but this trip takes two and a half hours to reach this uh, stricken ocean ship liner, which is the Titanic um, that sunk down there. So once it reaches it in two and a half hours, it takes actually 20 minutes to get to the actual site. Um, but a former passenger, like I said, Mr. Arthur LeBeau, I think I'm saying that incorrectly. I don't know what you don't pronounce to be the L, but the last name is spelled L-O-I-B-L. Um, he's went on other exper- uh, excursions with this Ocean Gate submersible, and he says that he has experienced several problems in the past. He said he's experienced several problems. It had to return to the system because of issues with the um, to the surface because of issues with the battery system. Uh, all of that, and basically, I don't know. I I can't see people enthusiasm to travel to the bottom of the North Atlantic Ocean. And mind you, look, more of a conspiracy type of sort of thing. This is like on the coast of Canada. You know what I'm saying? While we was talking about the Wi-Fi, <laughs> that's why I'm talking about this um, next. Um, but yes, they have reported that the actual craft that you get on is very small. You can't stand up. You can't kneel. All you are doing is just sitting for 10 and a half hours. No way he'll say. That's a mess. That's a mess. Who would agree, agree to that? And like I said, no disrespect to the people that's on, that was on there. Of course, the CEO that I mentioned, uh, the two guys that was from, from Pakistan, the British, and then also the poly guy. But I just... I don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't get it. I do not get it. I do not get it. And this former passenger also says that he had went down before and like he feel like it was like a cosmic, <laughs> a, what do you say, a cosmic sosa or like a experiment or whatever. And that's what they saying that this CEO kind of like adapted, like an experimental practice versus being safe. This ship didn't have no certifications. Um, of safety, none of that, like no certifications, none of that. And that's when I begged the question, like, why was this being allowed in money? The same way how they paid that $250,000 to get on there and go down there. These people was like, look, we just will make this happen. It don't matter if it's safe or not. Because it's also been reported that this shit was made with off the shelf materials. Okay, it's also been reported that it was being controlled by a game system controller. I'm not sure if it was the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox controller, but that's real, real iffy for me. Real, real iffy for me. Now, on Tuesday, it was said that some sounds were heard, and a lot of those sounds um, caused the people who were involved in the search to kind of concentrate on those areas. So they kind of heard those sounds on Tuesday and Wednesday. They were saying that they don't know if it was the actual sounds of the implosion, but they think like very not like them sounds they're saying could have came from anywhere, um, from up above or anywhere else like that. But they did concentrate um, specifically on those areas and concentrating on those areas. They had found the nose of the node, whatever like is the whole system that basically deals with the pressure and holding pressure. And you know what I'm saying? And to this vessel. They found that. They found the bumper, all of that stuff. So it was very unlikely, a lot of experts are saying. Of course, they had their hopes up 
hoping for the best that these people will be saved considering the supply of oxygen they had. And then that was an issue too. Because even with that supply of oxygen, um, it has been reported like different circumstances that caused it to be uh, used more excessively. Only way they could conserve oxygen is like doing things, you know, meditation, sleeping, and it's like, I doubt that being dealing with a catastrophe like this, because I'm sure um, with the CEO on board, who was probably is familiar with troubleshooting and everything else like that, I'm sure he probably was aware of what was going on or like when in the midst of it going wrong. And I doubt that they could sleep or meditate at all. You know what I'm saying? So that uses more oxygen. Also the temperatures, because they say the deeper you go down, like the colder it go, they was like at four degrees Celsius, which is like 30, what, 39 degrees Fahrenheit or so, which is not real warm. You know, it's very cold. It's very cold. So they said that contributes to the oxygen being used up too. So the hope in the supply was that it was going to last to Thursday, but realistically, that might not have even really been a case. So the hope, I think they was focusing on oxygen in hopes that they would be found, but they had already found like this debris prior to even talking about that. And then I had seen before too, because I know I wasn't going crazy, and I seen other people talking about it on social media where it was a report that came out that was saying that it was found, and that's what they were bank banking on, like the oxygen supply. Um, so I had to do my research on that, and I found that it was just a fabricated article. Um, that somebody published under like CNN trying to um, allege that it was them reporting on it, but no, it was fabricated and it actually was false. Yeah, so they had like a picture of another um, submersible saying that it was that when it had been found and nobody was on board. Yeah, they had reported this and everything else like that, but it actually wasn't even the uh ocean gate one it wasn't even that one so it was all fake it was all made up but i know i was not going crazy because i was like wait a minute i thought they found it so the day when this breaking news came out i was like oh my goodness and the former passenger who went on board the guy arthur lovell the last thing that i can pronounce he's not the only one talking uh, um, an expert from marine technology society uh, back in 2018, his name is Mr. William Cohen, actually wrote a letter addressed to the CEO citing what his concerns were about their practices and about this craft, about this submersible. I keep on saying it, right? I'm going to be tongue-tied saying that all day, on day. Um, but yes, it was in the letter and it warned uh, that basically... Um, the design and the construction was not being evaluated, not being audited, not being looked out by outside independent sources. And that kind of bothered, bothered, uh, like bothered him. Um, you know, he said that they were having, they got rules and regulations, which come from people who made mistakes, things that they had to know, they had to understand. And they had to follow these procedures and different things like that to stay safe, you know, and, and be productive. He noted that a single event could undo invaluable safety uh, tracks that spanned over 40 years in this whole industry, right? Um, and his their apprehension and their conclusion was that the Ocean Gate's experimental approach, yes, because they felt like he just was doing things experimentally, like, you know, pushing his luck, kind of say, the CEO um, 
they were saying he was kind of like Mr. Rush. Uh, what was his first name again? Mr. Stockton Rush. They were basically saying he was kind of like pushing his luck. Um, but he would defend it, you know, basically saying that he was trying to be innovative. You know what I'm saying? Trying to introduce new ways to actually do this and different things like that. And those new ways to actually do this included his off-the-shelf objects that were in the construction and then also this game controller that was stirring it. Also, it wasn't the windows or anything else like that. And then, yes, you know, it's completely, completely sealed. It's completely locked up. They actually communicate from another device even to get instructions on where to go. So they kind of just drop down the name. They don't know. They can't see anything. Of course, they have equipment on there to kind of try to help them navigate through this and get to um, the wreckage, the, the view the Titanic wreckage. But it's also communicated, it's highly communicated from somebody else. Highly, highly. They say they got, like, they had like one building there. Basically, it wasn't built. <laughs> The way it should have been built, okay? But the CEO didn't agree with that. He felt like he was doing something new uh, and innovative. But uh, he, this expert, Mr. William Conan, he spoke highly on the behalf of this whole marine technology industry, um, saying that, again, the experimental approach that they adopt, adopted could result in minor or catastrophic outcomes. Okay, and that the industry and the people involved in it would suffer severe consequences because of it. Baby, he said they played with Father Neptune, you know what they call Father Neptune, that water. He said, don't have no patience with humanity because if you get it wrong, you get it wrong and you pay the price. And that if you play the game, you absolutely have to be sure of yourself. And basically what everybody was saying is that Ocean Gate was not so sure and they shouldn't have been down there. And that's my thoughts on the team. If they wasn't sure in a bit, look, guess what? As soon as they would have told me how far I go, if I would have seen it, it I just I, I just could not trust it. And I think if you look about other uh, uh um and think about other means of viable transportation, like you know, airplanes, helicopters, even cars, even, you know, it was some issues and their initial development and a core system to run safety. Yeah, people were scared. It's still accidents and things that happen today. But I know that they go through a very, very strategic process, a very tedious process of making sure that they have that safety part in place. Okay? I'm hoping so, but as far as I know, that's the way it goes. Like, they got that in place to make sure that everything is what it needs to be and all of that other stuff. But it don't seem like Ocean Gate did that. And it's very sad. It's sad. But baby, money can get you anywhere. Money can get you anywhere in the world, even a two and a half trip down <laughs> to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. But I would have used my $250,000 and did something else, did something else. Of course, to me, it looks like you got to have like that dead devil, kind of like, I ain't scared of nothing. The former passenger even said in one of his statements, like, yeah, he wasn't scared, but you definitely got to be a little bit crazy to do something like this. And I'm like, a little bit crazy? How about a whole lot 
And even though, you know, friends are speaking out saying, you know, like the guy wouldn't have put his son in any danger or whatever, I was like, that is no way possible that you could not recognize the dangerous, the, the danger in this. I mean, we recognize it when we fly. Like I said, thank God they got their safety measures and everything uh, in order. We recognize it when we drive. So it's definitely different rules and regulations now because of, you know, the years of driving in the cars. Because it was at one point, you know, the cars didn't have seatbelts. She ain't had to ride seatbelts. It wasn't all this different testing, emission testing and everything else like that. And I'm sure, you know, the development that, that's the point that I was making of these other means of transportation, you know, have come a long way. And I'm sure this means has come a long way too. But at the same time, my goodness. Wow. It's a mess. It is a mess. Wow. Wow. For the life of me. Wow. I'm sorry to live. I'm so sorry to laugh, but why for the life of me? Why would you want to go down here? Um, anyway, just on other things of reporting about it, uh, the guy who spoke and that was a former passenger actually said that he had received an email. He had received an email from Mr. Rush uh, previously uh, the day before, actually. Yeah, that's what he said. He said he received the email from him the day before. He first had said that he had received a phone call, but he had missed it. And now he's feeling bad that he had missed it because of the situation that has come about um, of this submersible being down here in the bottom of the ocean, gone, five people gone like that. Five people had decided that this was a good idea to go on a submissible that's made with board plastic me <laughs> like yeah them type of stuff you fix up your house with like not stuff that needs to be on a submissible that's going this far down in water okay um, but he said that he called him. He missed the call. He said he later got an email, which was on Saturday, the day before they took this trip. And he was just telling him that the winter and the spring had been awful and that he was going on a dive on Sunday. He was taking people out on the dive on Sunday. Now, when he was saying it had been awful, I'm not necessarily knowing if he was talking about like the weather and it had caused them not to be able to do these dives or whatever. Um, but I also think that it wasn't like no successful dives in the year of 2023. So where they had like a record of safety and like a success still been reported that it's always, it always been issues. You got it from this former passenger, then you got it from this Marine Technology Society um, expert. Um, who shared his concerns, you know, through a letter. I guess the, that was a time or whatever that they did come to look at it, to audit it, or however, how have you, whatever they got to do. Um, but yes, and then, like, they expanded this search so far, like, because of the, what was it? It was like over 10,000 feet, like over 10,000 feet. So they heard the noise, they expanded the search. It was a full-fledged, Search, um, search the U.S. Coast Guard, all of that other stuff, and it was said that it goes down 
strictly like to get down to this bottom it was like twice the size of Connecticut State like five over 5,000 square miles which is like over 1,300 square kilometers like no it ain't no way I can swim but I'm not no whale they had their problems I'm not no whale I'm not no dolphin I'm not none of that you get what I'm saying? And then 10 and a half hours, no control. I'm baby, I'm scared of a four-hour, five-hour flight. That five-hour flight, the Vegas definitely got to me, but I I nerves go bad with that. So I know dang on what well, I'm not getting on no six, no ten hours, ten hours, ten hours. Now, even when I was thinking about that, like the math not really adding up because they said it takes two hours to get down there. Then 20 minutes to the same. So what's that? That's two hours and 35. Yeah, that's two hours and 35 minutes. So two and two, four, and then 35. So I don't know how to manage 10 hours. I don't know if they got stopped, like once they come up or whatever. But as you pulled this whole trip all together, take you 10 and a half hours. And that's 10 and a half hours again. No standing, no kneeling, just sitting. Oh, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it. And it's also being said that to actually conserve the energy and in this battery battery system, I guess they learned that from previous times what they had issues with. So actually to conserve the energy, what they would what they do is when they first dive in is they cut the lights and all they have on there is like a glow stick. Y'all go eat. Y'all go eat. Like a gold glow, what they say look like a gold, a glow bracelet or a gold necklace for real, considering that. Yeah, they was looking for it, but they said looking for it was like looking for a needle in a haystack. You know, different experts and different people in this rescue team who say they've been involved in these type of rescue efforts before. Like the U.S. Navy has sent some type of um, craft down there that could lift up to like 60,000 pounds because this submersible was about 20,000 pounds itself. So they sent stuff. They was looking for it. They had their hopes up high. But I think days ago, they already found like these fragments or whatever. So now, today, breaking news, they gone. They gone. They gone out of here. They is gone out of here. They had no Yes, Ocean Gate. They had no international safety certification. Um, and even with this PlayStation or Xbox controller, whatever that he was standing the crash with, he defended it. He said it was durable. It was durable. And he felt like it was durable. Durable, basically. But hmm. Hmm. What y'all think? What y'all think? I, I mean, I can say so much stuff about it, but I could not, I could not get past to just say, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. And my tongue is really tired. Let me tell y'all something about that, right? Because I always pray to God, I say, God, if it don't need to be said, tie my tongue. Sometimes when you stutter, that you can say it. So he's really making me reserved in what I feel versus what my spirit feels. Because you know, my, my spirit, even though that, Gordon haven't been through to anything like that, of course, definitely empathizing because lives were lost. But at the same time, I can't sympathize with it. I can't sympathize with it. Because it was stupid. Why? Why? 
And then knowing these previous, even the guy who was the former passenger or whatever, the, the, the guy off the, the wall who had went or whatever before, like he had been on several trips before. And even one that he went on that was successful, he said that it still was dangerous. It was scary. He also, when asked, is it a safe, um, submissible, he says, no, it is not safe. But yet still he went. He went again. And even one time when he went, it had to return back to the surface. So he was aware of the issues. This expert that is from the Marine Technology Society, he was aware of the issues. You know, he went there. He noted all of them in the letter, all of that stuff. But why nothing changed? Why was this allowed to go on? It was that money. It was that money. Money is the value over life. And money a lot of times is value over the reality of certain things. It's just no way. So while I empathize with it, I can't, I can't, I can't sympathize with it because I, I just feel like I would never put myself in a position. I don't give it was free to go, okay? Because we got to note that too, that they paid $250,000 to go down there. And they had it because these, these guys from Pakistan, he was a billionaire, even the one from um, the British, he was like, them to explore, like, yeah, they, they had it. Of course, they had the money. They had the money. And even though, you know, the CEO was defending this, you missed the rush and everything else like that. One of his friends said he was something like this and like it was an adventure. Like it was something to be scary, like something you would never do, but we're going to do it like that. Like wasn't even selling it to like be like this is the safest thing in the world or whatever else like that. So they were saying people knew. People knew, people knew about, and, and obviously they did. You got experts who were speaking on it. That's one guy said he he sent this letter back in 2018. It's 2023. So why were they still in operation? That's what you had to ask yourself. That's that's what the mess. Why were they still in operation? Why was this still being allowed if there are certain regulations and different things in place to try to prevent this? Because again, things are going to happen. Accidents going to happen. I know even in those um, procedures and having those um, things intact, you know, accidents do happen and things do happen. So, you know, airplanes still crash, cars still crash and all of that. Different things still malfunction, everything, even with all of the safety tests and the regulations. We know that. We know that. But there's no way I will put myself in that situation. And I know why. You know, to be safe in the car, I try not to drink and drive. <laughs> to be safe in the airplane, I try not to get on Spirit Airlines. I try to stop on the flight. Oh, that's like, no, no. <laughs> I don't know about Spirit. Let me stop playing with Spirit. I don't know about Spirit's um, um, accidents, the real anything. Else like that. So let me stop playing with them. But I just go buy Spirit's when I get that day on Spirit. And one time I had took this trip to the Bahamas. Uh, and what was that airline? Lakers? airline and baby i thought i was on the airplane from the start of time if my money was not already uh invested see money over life money over the value of life we are a mess that i would not have took that trip that's how scared i was and then just remember being up there in that turbulence and whatever else like that not that i haven't experienced that on other airlines aircraft but not to that magnitude no not at all so, yeah, they knew. They knew. And you don't play with that water. That water is something else. That water is something else. And then, you know, my Facebook friends, all of the comedians and whatever else like that, you know, we, it, 
They say we don't take nothing seriously. We do, but it's also a very good thing to laugh to yourself and the laughable things. So, you know, you already seen the memes, people putting different things, saying if I send you this, um, like a picture of a submarine, that mean that I've lost it for you, different things of that nature. I see different people um, having like music, people stepping out, this is what I'm going to look like when they find me on a, you know, different stuff like that. And I even seen one of the meanest ones that was just like so disrespectful and so tasteless um, was saying something about oxygen and they had actually like cropped a picture of George Floyd's head like on the front of a touch. So I was like, uh, that's a mess. That is a mess, right? It's a mess. Uh, but a lot of them were funny. They were funny. Uh, they were very entertaining. And of course, it's nothing funny about somebody losing their life, someone going through something so, so, so terrible. A it's catastrophe. It's nothing funny about it at all. Nothing at all. And I do empathize. Prayers go out to the families and the friends of all these passengers who were aboard, most definitely. I do empathize, but. I gotta be real, because that's who I am. Chad's real, right? I can't. I can't say. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. I mean, guess they, you know, like they explore new things. I, I mean, you know, being adventurous. And, you know, I heard a lot of good things, too, about these billionaires, you know, because a lot of people were saying, you know, people waste money, do anything with their money. But I heard, you know, uh, one of the, the guys from Pakistan had donated, like, to the cause of COVID and stuff when it first came, you know. So I was trying to look. And a little background for them as well. And, you know, they were known to help people and everything. I'll say that. I just can't understand why they wouldn't help themselves. Why wouldn't? Who told them this was a good idea? That's how it is when you got money. People don't say nothing to you. We talked about that before. They go, look, people can make mistakes, but don't say nothing to you or none of that stuff. They don't check it enough for where that money comes into play. And they want to be around it, baby. They will not say nothing. Do you hear me? They will not say nothing. Because I, would have got on their nerves. They needed somebody like me to be like, what? Is y'all really whatever? And, and I'm an encourager. I'm an aspiring person. I'm an encourager. I will tell people to live your life. Yeah, this is you better live. Live your life. Do what you want to do. Yes, definitely. Excuse me. But make sure you do it respectfully and productively. I mean, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Have fun. Have fun with life. I guess that just wouldn't, I wouldn't consider that as being fun to me. It's nothing fun. It is nothing, nothing at all fun about that. 250, 250, $250,000 gone down the drain. Well, four times, because I got the full pay, the CEO didn't pay, but gone down the drain. What's that? That's a meal. Gone down the drain. Rest in peace to them. So it's going to be. A lot, I'm sure, a lot more that's going to come out as they continue on their investigation about this submissible. But, honey, I was floored. I was floored. I had went back and just was looking at the information, looking at the, the ones about the wildfires and stuff like that. I hope they keep talking about it. I guess. You know, because it was interesting to know whatever. But what else, what else more is it to know, right? They went down there on this shaky um, sermons where they lost their lives. What else? What else is it to really know about it? But a lot of people were saying that was a distraction too. We got to talk about that. That mess, like, yeah, it was a distraction. A lot of that went on trying to cover something else 
up to because it's on that kind of a coast. I told you it was talking about something about these aliens and stuff like that. And I told you I had a dream about that. And, and, and what I think it was is that I had fell asleep. I might have been looking at something or whatever said like that. And they were talking about it, saying that that's what was the next thing coming or something like that. One of these videos or something. I think that's what happened. Or read it somewhere or something. I don't know. But it was definitely up and here. <laughs> and I got it and I ain't reported on that the last show. I don't know. Really fake. Really fake. I just know my tale. What had not taken that chance. But we see. We see if anybody else going down there, right? Because I guess if the, if the aircraft is, I mean, not the aircraft, but I guess that if this um, some reservoir is gone, it's damaged. They don't have another one. So I don't know if they're going to put something else in production, put someone else um, in place of the CEO and continue their efforts to, uh, in their marine um, technology type of research and continue to do these trips. I don't know. But, baby, I don't think they're going to be getting these $250,000 in a while from nobody else in a while. In a while, and whoever decides to give it to them, y'all just crazy. Not a little bit, but a whole bunch crazy. A uh, one person who could have went that brings me into my next what in the what one person who could have went though was our former Baltimore City Police Department Commissioner. Yes, the former police commissioner Michael Hurston, who let us know on June the 8th when Brandon Elmer, Brandon Scott called the news conference. He let us know that he was immediately stepping down. Stepping down, yes. And in his place, of course, we got the, I think it was the deputy, who was it? Uh, um, I'm going to find it once I go through my notes, but that brother is up in there now in place of him. And that's also what Brandon, um, Mayor Brandon Scott had reported that this guy will be in place. He was like the deputy. Yes, he was the deputy commissioner. So we had here uh, Michael Hurston, who was the police commissioner. And then we had the other guy who's now in his place. I'm going to give y'all his name in the food. Um, but yes, he let it be known during his news conference that he would no longer stand in as the commissioner of the Baltimore City Police Department. And it is now being reported why I bring it up this week because I bring it up a couple of, I think I've been bringing it up about two weeks now, letting y'all know about the issues and the stuff like that that's been going down in Charm City. And as it's been looking like City Hall ain't really got no charm and all that other stuff, all them other nicknames we had, the city of Reeds or whatever I say that. <laughs> but they are having troubles down there, people, with their staff retention. So not only in City Hall, but then all of the other different apartments that run or like overseen by our mayor. Mr. Harrison was supposed to be, was actually under a contract to be our commissioner for five years. Now, that could have stopped if the mayor had, for whatever reason, decided to let him go. If that was the case and they was going to decide to let him go, they would still have to pay him the five years throughout his contract or until he became re-employed. Not here, but re-employed somewhere else. Um, but yes, after two weeks of him letting us know that he ain't the former Commit no more. He's no more the Baltimore Police Commissioner. He's the former now, right? 
he's still getting paid. It's exactly two weeks. It's the 22nd is being paid. He's still paid. Still. He's still being paid. We started off as a $275,000 salary. I think his ending salary for the years that he was um, with us, we got up to like 287. He's still being paid. Questions about it have definitely have been launched. Um, I seen something in like the public information um, system and people have spoke on that. Who actually spoke on that was like the, um, what was her name? I can't see me having these notes and then the light kind of getting which name. So let me move this over a little bit so I can see it a little bit. But what happened was this commissioner is still being paid. People had questions and it's being reported because he's still on the city payroll that that information is actually protected because it's personal information. So no information as to why he's still being paid or any really information around his resignation or what happened has come about. So people are beginning to question, was he asked to leave or did he resign? Because they are not producing any resignation letter or any like said date of when this resignation letter, um, if even it was a resignation letter was produced. Because usually, you know, you resign, you got to put it in writing. And according to the contract, he would have to put it in writing 90 days prior to him wanting to resign. So I'm like, it wasn't 90 days. I don't know if he had already put it in. I don't know what's going on. And if that was like in a contract, I don't know if Mayor Brenda Scott asked him to leave. I don't know. I don't know. But it definitely was talks down there. It was definitely talks down there because exactly two days in a meeting in City Hall, I think it was the meeting that involved about the budget or whatever. So that would have been like on June the 6th. So exactly between two, before two days, when they came out with this information, you had people on the Baltimore City Council already asking Mr. Harrison questions were kind of like just trying to see what his position and what his commitment to the city was. Um, I seen that Eric Costello had posed the question and asking him, would he finish his five-year contract? Like, was he going to finish out his term? And of course, the reply that Mr. Harrison gave already put it out there that it was definitely filled with like reluctancy one to answer the question and that he had some doubt. Um, he basically said that he didn't know. Um, he didn't have any other job offers. However, he couldn't answer the question because he did not know where the mayor, not him, where the mayor, which is bullshit, because you know where you stand on it and if you're going to finish out your contract. But I guess he was trying to be respective. Um, to Mayor Brandon Scott. But basically he was saying he couldn't speak on it or answer the question because he didn't know Mayor Brandon Scott position on it. So what we know that he wanted him to stay. So he couldn't answer that. And two, he knew what the mayor's position was. So even the fact that Eric Costello, who was a Baltimore City Councilman, was bringing up these type of questions two days prior to it being told to us in this news conference that Mayor Scott brought about he definitely was talking about it, even though um, Costello is not putting out any type of talks that he had any type of reasoning for his line of questioning. He just wanted to know 
what was his commitment, but that's a little iffy now. Like, why would you ask that question? Of course they was talking. They talk. They at work. Come on now. Like, come on. I don't know why they be playing with us and on face. It's a mess. That was my last week topic. This is a mess. I don't know why they be playing with us because if they wasn't talking about it, I don't know. They be talking down there. I told you they be talking. They got their clips. They got. They be talking. They be talking. Now, only certain information is privy to certain folks, but Aaron Costello, he definitely must have heard something because why would you ask that question? Like, come on, let's be real. And then yeah, the response can't speak on it. Even if he did hear something, he wouldn't be able to speak on it because uh, Commissioner Harrison right, wasn't, wasn't right. elected. He's not so an should I say official. he got to say that? And he's not an elected official. So all of his pay- payroll, all of that stuff is personal. It's all personnel right. information. So that's why they know, they're really not speaking because they can't. Right, because that's he's what they're saying. Elected official, he can't. His his payroll, all of that kind of stuff. His contract matters. All of that is kind right. of is confidential. We right, don't know and it because the, the initial contract was out there. Right, and that's what the deputy. I was trying to find her name. That's what the deputy solicitor had said. That was Stephen um, Salisbury. That's what he said, like in a response to the request um, of the Maryland Public Information Act. That's what it was. So someone put in a request to receive this information pertaining to like his resignation. Like, was a letter given? Was it a date given? Um, but this deputy solicitor was basically saying, oh, we can't get that information. Like, he's still on the city payroll, and that type of information is protected. Um, but people got questions like, why would he exactly, still... Because he's an employee, not an elected yeah, official. He's still, he's still an employee, so... They keeping it hush hush, and also the other person because I told you it was having issues with retaining their staff down there. So the other person, um, who was it, Brian Daughtry, who is now the director of communications, has um, repeatedly declined as well to provide this information, like anything about the resignation letter, anything about the date, and so forth. Um, he's saying that. Um, he can't say nothing either. Just like I said, they can't say nothing. It's private information. It's personal. They can't discuss it. Um, but Daltrey, like I said, they was having trouble retaining that staff. He ain't been in there too long. I reported on that last uh, week too. And even though Commissioner Harrison supposed to be here with us in 2024, I believe, uh, in March or something in 2024, he is gone. He June 8th, he said he's gone. So I guess that's why the, the question stems from. Like, well, why is he still being paid? What's the stipulations? Like, did Brandon Scott tell him to go? Because in the contract, it was saying that if he wanted to dismiss him, uh, term him out, you know, for any reason during his contract, that he still had to pay him. So even if, like, within the first year, because y'all remember there was that switch, too, when we had that shift in mayors, um, because the mayor who brought him aboard, actually, was Catherine Pitt. Um, who brought brung along Harrison? So I guess Brandon Scott, you know, was trying to wait and work on it, even though you know, Captain Prue had her time with being pushed out of there with that fraud stuff and everything. They had my girl on uh, gangsters or something like that, like monsters. I was like, well, they got that lady on that, like she been killed and uh, did something like that. So crazy to people. Um, but yeah, he was brung under under the leadership of uh, Catherine Pierce. So he has been in there basically the whole term of Brandon Scott uh, being a mayor. I guess Brandon tried to make it work or whatever, but now they came to the decision that it was time for a change or whatever. I've seen some things like that also being reported that this would be 
the best thing and it was time. It was time. So I don't know. I'm sure it's a lot. Uh, like how I was saying, Eric Costello asking the question um, that was kind of leading on to that, like it was talk. So kind of like he knew something being in his Baltimore city councilman seat. Um, but he said, nope, he just wanted to know what his commitment was. I don't believe that is true. I believe it was already talked. It was already stuff going on. I'm sure brewing the same way things that continue to happen in Baltimore city, um, Things that continue to happen with the Baltimore City Police Department, just period. I'm sure they were talking and they kind of felt that this was going to be the move. Now, even after this line of questioning, I've seen later statements come out by Costello, who seemed kind of pleased um, that Harrison had sat down and was sure that the deputy commissioner, who now will be sitting in, would move the department in a way um, and that change or whatever that they needed. Okay, so yeah, he was supposed to serve into March of 2024. I spoke of all the things in the contract, which could have been amended to if it was some type of um, agreement, if both uh, sides agreed to change and different things like that. But the speculations, indeed, the red flags were there from that meeting two days before this information came out in this news conference. Um, they also had posed questions in his meeting about if he was taking a position as the chief in Washington, D.C. He denied that simply by saying no. This question was asked again. And let me give you all his statement. I'm not going to go verbatim. That's why I say it's just like was red flags. It just sounds to Del here. Um, and his response, it, it definitely was like given like I'm reluctant to answer, but it definitely was kind of. He seemed like to know something was going on. So, like, if I would have heard this discussion myself, not being able to hear the talks within the city hall walls or through anybody, you know, down there, but just hearing it myself, I would have been a little bit side like, mm -mm, he ain't gonna be here. He gonna right be out here. He gonna be out of here. I mean, it was already speculations that when the contract was over, his five year contract, that he was gonna be out here anyway. It was it, that was already being said that he was over it. He wanted, I didn't hear him coming publicly saying anything bad since he has joined the man on that press conference on the 8th. He hasn't been involved in any more interviews. Um, he had also notified that while he was stepping down, he had not yet um, found another job. He was going to use this time to relax, spend time with his family, and basically get a peace of mind. Um, so they was already asking him this. They asked him about if he had applied, not only if he fin if he was planning on finishing out his term here, but they also posed question to ask him if he had applied for another job as the chief, as the commissioner down in Washington, D.C. Um, they asked all of that. And when he first answered it, he just said, no, not at all. That question was asked again, and it kind of like, pushed him into answering another way. And this was his response. Not ver verbatim, y'all, but this is essentially what he said. He said he serves at the pleasure of the mayor. Um, that was to the, the, the last question about what, whether he was going to serve out his full term. He said he served at the pleasure of the mayor. He can't answer because he has to know where the mayor stands on the answer before he actually can answer the question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Former police commissioner 
Like Larry said, had some tongue twisted up in his responses, y'all, might I say. And I'm like, Commissioner Harrison, well, former Commissioner Harrison, you're just talking to me, talking to them, make it sound good. Because then after they asked him about if he was going to take this position, he basically was saying, listen, many opportunities have come my way, but there may have to be a consideration. I have to consider if it comes <laughs> and if and when it comes, I may have to make that consideration. What did you say? <laughs> what did you say? Considering that was a whole lot, it really, really didn't tell us anything. So that's why I said those red flags were there, along with those speculation that he was not going to be in there serving us to the year 2024. And right now, um, I talked about that uh, Costello, he didn't conceal um, what prompted him to have this line of questioning. He just wanted to know. That's how he's putting it off um, at the same time. Um, but yeah, he said he just want to breathe. He ain't got no other job. He wants to spend time with his family. He hasn't been in any interviews since then. It was a recent post put up on Instagram by his wife. Uh, where he was seen in a slight little grin over some chess pieces, I guess playing chess or my have you, uh, and the wife. Uh, caption said, no caption needed. So I guess he's getting his piece. He's getting his, in his words, what did he say? His, his breath, his breath, his breather. He's getting all that in his time um, with his family. Yes, that is who is stepping in as the deputy commissioner of operations, Richard Worsley. So when it was announced on June 8th, it also was announced that that deputy commissioner, I told you I was going to get back to y'all with his name. His name is Richard Worsley. He, Richard Worsley, and I hope that he don't handle this, this department. Worsley or Worsley or Worsley ain't word, is it? But Worsler um, than Harrison did. I guess he did the best that he could do considering the money he was going to get. You know what I'm saying? They could have gave you that 200 and 75,000. The people from the, the trip down in the submissible too, they could have gave me that too for e. Um, They had it. Shoot. I could have gave them some videos or sent them to a good old museum. Um, but no, he didn't go down there. And <laughs> but he could have. He could have with that healthy salary he was getting um, from Baltimore on top of some other things too. Because I remember originally when his deal was made under Catherine Crew, I remember they were talking about like, yeah, we were um, paying the lease or his mortgage for the house that he had was buying up here. I don't know if it was, I think it was a lease. I think it was just a lease, like a rental um, unit. We was paying that as well as his mortgage at his home that he left in New Orleans to come up here and be our police commissioner. So he had some other perks um, on top of that, I'm sure. Ones that were in the contract and ones that were not in the contract. But Richard Worsley is going to be stepping in. I also do believe that Brandon Scott basically announced that he will be nominating him um, as the police commissioner uh, to not just fill in because of his abrupt, the abrupt resignation of Michael Harrison, but nominate him just, you know, to fill in the seat and actually be our new police commissioner. So I don't know how that works or how that goes. No, they're not elected. Officials, Moni noted that a little bit um, a little while ago in the show that they are not public 
I mean, elected officials. They are not elected. They are actually hired. And it's Richard Worsley. Um, he's 58, just to give you some information on him. He's 58. He has a 25-year history in the department. And within those 25 years, he has worked himself up to second in command. Now, because he's sitting in there, look, I'm always talking about the money and I was getting in these people money, right? <laughs> uh, but it was reported that his salary as the deputy commissioner uh, was roughly $207,944 uh, for the year um, reported the last year. His name and is Richard Worley. Richard Worley? So what you don't pronounce the S? According to his it's LinkedIn page, there is no S. It's W O R L E Y. Oh, I got According it. To his LinkedIn page. If I know. Oh, I apologize. Worstly, I was saying worstly. Oh, that's the worst. That's the best. Um, but Worley, look, I told y'all I write my notes down. I'm not looking at my lab site right now, so I wrote it up right. Swerved that I was writing all fast and everything else like that. Um, so my mistake. Thank you for the correction. It's actually Richard. Word, worldly, 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 word, not word, but worldly. W R L E Y. Let me stop playing with y'all. Uh, but this 58 year old man, like I, I was just telling y'all, his salary, uh, reportedly as the deputy was 207,000, a couple of hundred, almost making it to 208. Uh, and Harrison, when he left out, was actually getting 287. 540. That's what he made last year. So I don't know if that had to do with like um overtime. I don't know because the contract say for the got 275,000 each year for five years. So he got a little bit over that. Yeah, he got a little bit over that. So I don't know. But like $12,000 more. Hold up. Was that 12? Oh, look. Oh, no. He didn't get shucks. Shantae Jackson, the director of Muncie, uh, got a bigger raise in the two years. Well, reported will be, but she got a $28,000 raise, so that's crazy. Um, but that's how that went. And he is sitting in there, yes, Richard Worley. He has been in the department since he was 34 years old. I seen that he had a history, like when he was a child, played like some softball, like a semi professional, um, level baseball. How have you? I seen that you know, in his young years, he worked like for his. Um, family, um, business. I think it was like some flooring type of company or whatever. I said that and he joined the force uh, when he was 34 years old. Yes, he joined the force when he was 34 years old. And he is a Baltimorean, uh, born and raised here, graduating, uh, I believe it was saying 1983. So he's been here. He's been here all his 58 years. So I see how good of a job he do. And just like I say, when if people want ever get a chance to really be in there and do the job, aside from what we wrote it on, which was, of course, the terms and getting some of these people out of there um, that we voted on to basically impose here in our city government, like the way these people flipping around and getting in and out of there down that city hall, it's a mess. It's a mess. Even like that director of communications, I was reporting on that all like last week. It's like, okay, he's been in there, what? I think the other person stepped out February. So he's been in there roughly about um, four months. But even before that, people who were sitting in that seat uh, that I reported, I mean, I seen what, three months? Let me go back to that note. It was three months. It was one person. One person did 10 months. 
another person. Like, it's just been a whole bunch of flipping, flopping around it. Like, okay, Carlier, Manuel the Third, they served in it. Um, it's three years. Because I told you, Daughtry ain't been in there long at all. And I really am wondering how long he will be in there. So I'm going to keep on looking at that, too. Because a lot of this has really been it's interesting to me. And then also considering the fact now that our um, police commissioner just abruptly dropped down. That's Mr. Daltrey right there. He's been uh, with the police department. That's worldly. I keep on saying worsely, right? No, you called him Daltrey. I don't even know who that is. Daltrey? Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Daltrey, because I was on that thought. Daltrey. <laughs> Brian Daltrey is the director of uh, communications. I was speaking on that. I'm trying to see how long he's going to be in there because other people that were in that position weren't in there very long. Um, and so was our police commissioners. It's been like the same way about like about that. Even though um, Harrison is stepping down, but I remember the commissioner about him was in some controversy. He was charged like for some fraud as well. Like right before man, because it was two of them. It was another man that was in there um, before Harrison had came about. And I forgot his name, but oh, he this though he was suave. I forgot his name. I'm gonna bring it to y'all. Uh, next week, but I forgot his name, but he was in there too. He was in there too as the police commissioner. So let's just see. We're gonna see how Warley um is gonna do stepping in for him. I don't know if it's that that him stepping in is gonna be mandatory um or not, but I'm sure we should see in the days to come. Um, uh, but again, my speculations that he was probably. Asked to leave. I don't know. He's probably asked to leave. He's still getting paid. He's still getting paid. And then they also saying that this man right here uh, will pot potentially get a raise. Get a raise for Hurston leaving out at 287000 and him being two hundred seven. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to raise it, you know, to try to make him match the salary that he left out with. I don't know. Because you know that was in his contract, even though it was more. I doubt they're probably going to match his salary because his salary right. increases in it. But he, he probably will get the salary that um, comes with the position. Two seventy-five. Yeah, upon being confirmed by the city council. Like the, I, I don't know if that's like the normal salary range or whatever. I'll say that, but from what I remember, talk, okay, okay. Well, that's well, it's good that it's typical because I remember. When Harrison was first, you know, coming in as our commission, there was a lot of talks about that. Like, it, like, as if saying it was not reasonable. Mm. Um, but I don't know if it was all stemming from exactly what his salary was. I mean, would you also, take anything less, though? Would you take anything less to, to, no, to be the, police, the top cop of the city? No, I, mean, I, I definitely, I definitely wouldn't. You probably should be demanding 300. Right. But also with it, you know, being typical, I think that with the salary being typical, I think a lot of that was also in the talks of like the other perks that I had mentioned that he was getting that wasn't really common um, for cities to do uh, to kind of accommodate him. And I guess, kind of, you know, to entice him to want to come right, in and but take they, that 200. That goes That's to what say, it was. other cities are not Baltimore City. They not. We are unique in itself. They not. <laughs> So they had to entice him to come here. So they was paying for his house back in New Orleans. They was paying for stuff up here. You know, he ain't never paid for no gas or nothing, <laughs> or nothing like that. You know, I know he ain't never paid for that. He basically got rolled around, right? Because he got his own sec like security detail and all that too, right? 
the commissioner. True, true. Yeah, so I'm sure it was this a whole bunch God. of person <laughs> to entice him or whatever. I'll say that. And then I went like this guy Warley. I'm like when it all went down because I'm like we don't know what the talks was and how the city councilman kind of like knew him, him giving a red flags, but I'm sure it was talks and stuff like that in a department amongst itself and he kind of like knew and then Worley already said that when Commissioner Harrison came in he kind of like had that attitude and was kind of like in that mood of like kind of vetting them and kind of like teaching them so they could one day you know fill in that role as Commissioner so I know when they came in mean, when you, know, you think about people- it in all actuality the top cop position should be homegrown it they should had be. To and that was gonna be my question. Like if he had all of this history, because you know, I spoke on his previous um employment or various or things that he was in before he became uh in the police department, before he became employed with them when at the age of 34, he is 58 now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I looked at also his history within the department, and mm-hmm. he has been in like several seats, like as the lead. Um, I think one of them was like a test group. Like he's held several other positions and stuff like that. And considering he was in there 25 years, that was gonna be my next question. Like, why wouldn't they go with a Baltimorean to begin with? Like Well, because they took experience. Now now it's 25 years worth of experience, but a lot right. of them didn't have that experience to take over this top cop role, which is why for the right. past one, two, three maybe even four commissioners, they were all out-of-state people brought in. Like, mm-hmm. I can't remember the one guy was from New York. Um, Bill Field, I think he yeah, was from, I like, think- New Jersey or something like that. You know, they were all out-of-state. And they, even okay. him, he's from, he, um, even Harrison. Yeah, he was from New Orleans, right? He was from New Orleans. Right, right. and I think a lot of that, too, like, they brought him back, because he had probably did this great job. Um in New Orleans when it came to like combating the crime there and some of the neighborhoods that are very similar um to the neighborhoods, you know, that we we face with all this that stricken with crime and, you know, have mm-hmm. you. Um so I know it was a lot being said about that because originally when he was first brung on, people, you know, was feeling like how, you know, asking the question like what I'm asking now, like how was he equipped that come from New Orleans to be our police commissioner and we have people here, but that's that speaks to it. And for whatever reason, yeah, he was the one that Catherine Pugh sought. But I also remember it was another guy in there before that. Before Harrison was. Time be flying. Time be flying. And apparently, your time fly when you're an employee that <laughs> in City Hall or if you are the if you the police commissioner. Obviously, your time flies down there. Uh, well, good people, I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to me run my mouth about some of the stuff that's on my mind and what I think that's on yours, because you know, it's your views, our news. No, 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 it's your news, our views, you know, all the same time. But I'm ready to go for a commercial, come back with me, don't go nowhere. We got less than an hour left of the show, and I got a couple more what in the what's and what in the worlds to bring out. But don't go nowhere. God loves you. God bless you. I'm going to be right here, so you make sure you is. It's time for a break. I'll be right back.
We were free, but we had no place to be free. Lord, help me reach my piece of the promised land. Protect me on this journey. Marauders. Join us. We're all equals here. Nobody make sudden move. Get on down. Hurry up. Drop the This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna get the sheriff and bring him here. Who's saying guard? This beanpole guard him? But Tommy Walsh. Here we are. You and me. Guy open the horse. You know, those white folk ain't coming back. Just because they don't want to look at you don't mean I can't see. You'll always be a slave to the white man. What'd you call me? Said you'll always be a slave. Have you been on this side? Keep your mouth shut. They'd rather hang me for the color of my skin than to hang you for what you did. You ain't never gonna hang white boy. I had to learn as a black woman living in this damn white world that I gotta work three times as hard to get one-fifth of what I deserve. After the war, I made a promise that I'll fight for those that can't fight for themselves. It looks like we believe in the same thing. Enough. Just go about it different ways. Let's go about it together. My body. I didn't get a piece of my promised land. Didn't get the river swollen with milk and honey. You have to take what you deserve. You know, there's money buried out here. I think you missed on Jamie now. Follow you or die. Yeah. Baby girl, you in dangerous water. You can be a hero! The glory of it! Tommy Walsh and the colored girl! What's my name? Small Washington. God damn! That's not a headline you heard before. Hey, 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 just had to unmute my dang old mic. I should be able to do it over here, right? <laughs> on this side, um, but I'm not. But thank you for coming back. Had a quick commercial break. Y'all seen that movie? Looks very, very interesting. Surrounded, coming out on digital. I think it's over 20. I want to see it. What is digital? It's so many different <laughs> systems out here down to watch things on. Um, But I definitely want to check it out because it looks interesting. It kind of looks like the, the, the story, um, uh, how people was telling it, the actualities of how Harriet um, Tubman was back in that time. But I want to check it out. I want to check it out. I hope y'all get to check it out. And then also talking about inciting 
our news that was going on here in Baltimore. Y'all know that we just now had the Ephraim that just now passed. Um, and no, I didn't go. I was, but I didn't. I think the day I was going to go, it was extremely hot. And I had already heard people talking about the bugs, the bugs, the bugs, the bugs, because y'all know the Ephraim had moved from down at like the, what was it, the Ravens Stadium? Or was it by um, Cameo? I think it was the Ravens Stadium where they were um, having it, having it for years, a couple of years. Of course, they did not have it because of the COVID. Then it moved up. Y'all hear them fireworks? Y'all stay blasting them. I didn't even really hear fireworks uh, or Juneteenth, but I know the 4th of July is coming up. The reason for them today, I don't know. That's just what they do in our city. I'm sitting here, jump, 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 jump. And I told you I got anxiety. Look at me. Always trying to die next to myself, but I know that I do. It's messing with my PTSD. Uh, but here we had the ad firm. A lot of people were saying that they need to move it back up off of this grass because the bugs was just terrible. So that was one of the reasons why I didn't go. Of course, I was glad that at least that they had it. I seen several radios, um, different things being broadcasted on social media, um, also streaming through. Um, Mayor Brandon Scott Page, and it looked like people had a ball. It looked like it was some good old hometown fun. I didn't hear about any incidents, any situations um, that that were violent or anything, which is always a plus when there's a lot of people gathering anywhere. Um, but it looked like people was having fun. It looked like they was having fun in spite of the grass and in spite of the bugs that caused me not to want to um, go through there. But it wasn't only the bugs. It was the heat, too, because the day I was going to go, it was like, uh. And then, of course, the prices. You know, everything is raised up or whatever. But they were saying, I'm like, okay, what am I, I going to do up there? But eat. And I told y'all, I'm <laughs> trying to lose some weight. Um, so they said that, you know, of course, the prices and everything else like that was off the hook. Um, but they said the music was superb. They had a stage that was featuring um, some local talent. I seen things of people were saying they need to do more of that. How, how have you? But it was like um, concert type of vibes, you know, music, just fun. Everything's festivities. You know, I know they have a children corner. I know they had something else that is showing off of different forms of arts and everything else like that. I don't know. I've been up there previously myself as a volunteer. I think I ran like the help over in the children corner. And that year was hot too. Cause the MTA, they had their buses out there. What kind of was like these relief buses that would kind of have like mist in the air on them. And if you were walking that way or you would get into different points, you can kind of like take a break to get on those buses. Oh, it was packed. People was waiting to get out there. I was trying to jump on there. I, I got little, little special privileges because like I was right there by the children's zone. So every break that I could get, I got it. So, yes, the Afro came back this year, and it was hot, and it was hot, and it was hot. But it was a good event. No problems in Baltimore. You did it. Congratulations. 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 And kudos to Mayor Brandon Scott for bringing back um, this historical event that's geared towards us, you know, something positive to see within our culture, within our um, culture, you know, interest, all that stuff, all that stuff that we was into. So I was really pleased to hear that there wasn't no trouble up there because I was waiting with the heat. You know, people ain't got no sense. You know, it'd be a mess. It'd be a mess. Even though I didn't want that to happen, mind you. Um, and I'm sure it was interesting. It, was it wasn't that hot. 
It wasn't that it hot was, over the weekend. Sunday, it was burning. Yes, it was. No, it, it wasn't. I was down. in the cookout and everything. It was like 79, 80 degrees. It was not that hot. I don't oh, know what Sunday you were talking about. Oh, well, oh look, it probably hot to you because you always cold. <laughs> I'm actually not. I'm usually it hot. It, it was hot. It was only like Sunday. 80 degrees on Sunday. But guess what? It must have been a humidity shell because it was. It Maybe was Saturday hot. it was different because it was both week, both days. But Saturday, Sunday it was not because we, we were supposed it to go was. see Tamar. Okay. Well, it was Sunday. Oh, I didn't even know Tamar wrestling was. Yeah, there. Tamar was there Sunday. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I can hear it like when I went in different areas and stuff like that because I did go place um close by there. You know, it being at Drew Hill Park, riding on eighty three, or going up there like in that um Park Avenue, that Droy Heights community. You can actually hear it. You know, from the park, the festivities and the music and stuff like that that was going on. Um, I also seen something that was good. You know, parking was free. They had several lights. They also had a uh a transportation, a transportation type of uh, van, like a shuttle that would get you there, like you could catch from on Dolman to go over there. So they had a couple. I remember the you year I went. Was about huh? My only issue with this, uh, with them having an airframe at the park, is that they not finish the streets. Mm. Talk about it. Oh, all I that stuff going on with like the reservoir. Um, what was that? I think that was Tuesday night. I rode through there. And I was mm. like, oh, my, never again. Like, I can't do this This road right here. It's a mess right there. You know what I'm talking about right there? Um, I can never say it right. I can try Terrace. Yes, that I can try Right there by side the, the park where the high-rise apartment buildings are right there. It's mm -hmm. a freaking mess. It's only one lane on both sides, one, which it used to be With two. that big old concrete barrier there or whatever. The you know barrier, what and then the road is all broken up and messed up. And you, it, it's horrible mm -hmm. with people's vehicles. And it's you want people to drive there to the airframe? Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think they actually should have probably. Um, I no. think what will happen, though, which is why he probably moved it back to um, Drew Hill Park, is with all of the um, remodeling that's going on with the lake and yeah. with the surrounding areas of the lake where they're going to make that, um, where they're going to make it more conducive to people actually wanting to go swim in the water and paddle yeah, boat in like and making it like some kind yeah. of like um, actually attraction. I think that would be actually excellent for Afram once they're finished and they put all the right. restaurants and stuff in. Because, you know, it's supposed to be a host of restaurants going into the park and everything, too. It's supposed to be actually right. a whole bunch of walk, like boardwalk walking things type things where it's going to be vendors and stuff like that where they're right. going to try to make it more like a boardwalk. Right. Because I used to walk around. I used to walk around, like, you know, something that's, like, considered a trick, um, Around there, around mm -hmm. the Drew Hill Reservoir, um, and I did. I able was seeing like they had like a post in there that's kind of like showing you the development that they hope to bring mm -hmm. about. I think it supposed to have been done in like twenty. Well, is it twenty twenty? If the pandemic, if the pandemic didn't happen, it would have been done this year. That part. The pandemic set them back a lot, so it's probably going to be like 2026, 2027, because they already got who um, one of the main restaurants that are going. I'm not going to tell you right now because it might change, but they do already have one of the bids in from one of the main restaurants that wants their spot inside of the park. Um, but yeah, so that's the environment they're trying to work. It's probably so it's supposed to be like another um like um Lexington Market type situation going in there too. Okay. So it's going to it's it's. I like right. the, with that it's planning. Nice. It's it's gonna be nice. So yeah, I mean that may be 
one of the reasons why they had it up in there, but people were like, no, they wanted to be up in there. But stop them from having sex in the park? I don't know. Now, baby, trust me, people was already up there like myself walking around the reservoir. And I'm sure when they bring all of this stuff about after this whole development of um, the reservoir and everything like that, it's going to be a ton of people there. And it's like you said, the idea is to have it to be a place that people can come to do activities versus just, you know, walking around. The, yeah, the they want to make like it more attractive because you got to understand the parks, parks are not meant to be attractive. They're meant for you to go in and and basically like have cookouts and stuff like that. This right. one, they're trying to make Drew Hill Park because it's such a staple in the middle of the city that they want to make it an attraction that people come to the city to see the park. People come to the city to go to the zoo and then to stay in the park. That's what they're trying to attempt. Right, right. And the looks of it, like I said, and looking in the poster and whatever else, I did see all of that. Like where they were going to have the canoe boats, they were going to have... Now, I didn't know about the restaurant pro, um, part and stuff like that, but that definitely is interesting. That definitely... I mean, it makes a whole lot of sense. So, like, once you leave the zoo, that you just go around the corner, you know, drive around the circle of the park, right. and then stop at the restaurants, and then stay in the park while you're there. What they mean, you know, once you leave the zoo. Mean, because, you know, it's, you know, aside from us going to their visit, but, you know, people still take trips, mm-hmm. food trips, and everything else. So, that is right. It's nowhere to really eat there. I mean, of course. Yeah, because what else did you hear? You only could go to, what is that, TGI Friday and Mondalmin, and that's not an attractive place for um the other side of your hand. Oh, the other side of your hand for the white people. <laughs> and, and guess what? I even heard that. Maybe they, look, they said they got the hookah up and. <laughs> I think over like Thursday through Sunday. I don't know how true it is, but I've been hearing that too about that TJF Friday. Uh, but yes, one you are right. Those streets up there is ridiculous. Now they was terrible before they started this construction. May I they say that they were. was terrible. They already was terrible. So you can imagine with this one lane, with this because a lot of times I get off to to come around to go up past the park and just jumping off that exit right there where they meet, it'd it, it be a mess. And then the barriers they got up is this hard concrete. I'd be scared. Like, but that was my whole entire question, too. Like, why didn't y'all fix the streets? For, like, what are you waiting for to fix the streets? One, finish the street so we can drive smoothly. Like, it doesn't have to be like that for you to finish with the, what you're doing with the reservoir. It right. And if I remember, and if I remember, you know, people were talking about this issue before um, previously, and if I remember, they were saying that because of like the construction vehicles that were coming through and things like that, that they know would destroy, destroy the, the roads anyway. Again. But right. don't leave them the worst case scenario. Don't, don't leave them in the worst case scenario to Baby. damage cars coming through that area. I, I mean, mean, I know I'm it might cost you some money to keep fixing the road, but at the same time, you need to just keep fixing the road so you don't damage people's vehicles. That good. I be can't afford to get them fixed already. Yeah. It's dangerous coming through there, and at night, oh my goodness, it is really, really, really like the worst at night. Is like and then that the one lane, that one lane when you got a um a, a, a interstate, you have an interstate exit. You got two interstate exits right there, and you got one lane of traffic. That does not make sense. So you know millions of people probably go through there to go to work every day. I used to. I don't live over there no more, so thank goodness I have to go that way. But I used to have to go that way to get on Mount Royal. Right. But I'm with you. As much as I can avoid that little 
just that little stretch right there, I did because it is no lie, it is no exaggeration. It's gonna, it's, it's a mess. It's the worst of one of the worst areas right now with the Baltimore streets. And as I previously reported numerous times, these streets down here, it's a mess. So it's no exaggeration what Marty is saying. It's a mess up there. Um, I'm sure other people had issues traveling there to go to Afrin as well. Um, but it's good that they had free parking if you could catch the shuttle. I was like, I know that's going to probably be a mess. People trying to get in the shuttle over there from Mondome. Of course, it was a free event aside from having to spend your money to eat or whatever else uh, have you. But yeah, yeah. Fix those streets. So hopefully, you know, we know that the COVID um, stopped a lot of things, but hopefully um, it'll get back on track and they'll get it all fixed up and then they'll fix that road and fix that street because realistically, I don't even know, remember what it looked like. I remember the streets already was messed up, but I don't remember what it looked like before all this construction um, started and I am really excited to see how it's going to look afterwards. Um, let me get a couple of these other what in the worlds out here. Um, before the show ends, I wanted to report this was a matter that I wanted to speak on last week. But of course, always running my mouth and having so much to talk about. I forgot to mention it. Um, this is about a young brother who was killed on June the 1st. His name is Jordell Richardson. Jordell Richardson was killed by Aurora Police in Colorado. He is 14 years old. His life was taken on June the 1st. Just um, recently, on the 16th, um, the citizens there in the city, protesters and the citizens, um, along with his mother, Miss Lori Littleton, um, did a protest They did in, in memorial to him. They kind of marched behind a hearse. They marched to the municipal building there along like a stretch of a highway and then back. Uh, it's been um, reported after... Um, body camera was released that this young man was chased down and shot one time, fatally shot one time in the stomach during the police attempt to uh, detain him, to, you know, place him in custody. Now, uh, after all this came out in the body camera, of course, people were calling for the resignation of Chief Ace Beto who made statements on the situation, one uh, that was definitely absurd, saying that uh, the victim did not suffer. Like, how would you know that? He didn't suffer at all. Um, he also had made a statement showing, like, in a news conference when reporting on it when it first happened, kind of put up a picture of the pellet gun that it was alleged that Mr. Richardson had on him versus a nine millimeter gun. And he did it to make reference to say, this is the pellet gun, this is a nine millimeter. It's not a toy. This pellet gun is not a toy. And the police actually thought that it was a nine millimeter hang gun. Um, the officers involved was gang sergeant James Snap. He was the one that was pursuing him in a body cam um, footage. And I believe also he's the one um, who let off the shot that took his life. Um, he was accompanied by an officer, Rock Krusiksha. Okay, y'all know how I am with names. Um, but he was there, right? Um, it was being reported that these two officers had witnessed a group 
of um teens with masks on um accompanied with like hoodies where they had like masks and hoodies on um prior to they when they uh, initially I guess responded to the area or they got a call about this or they seen them observed them. I don't know how it happened if they, or they got a call. But then it was also reported that initially um that someone had reported that they had the handgun, that someone had seen this handgun, they had robbed a mini mart. And they had stole vape cartridges. Now, so too many times we see situations like this involving black men, even though in a mist, um, if it is true that this tr crime was committed, it should definitely be a fact that this young man should still be here, able to get his due process and his due time uh, and, and reference to the charge or whatever would have been death robbery, whatever the charge would have been. Look, here I go. I look, I was hoping that I had no show with bloopers, but I guess people didn't got restless. <laughs> they was doing real good about that right at first, but now you see my people, they under here, they playing with my feet. Uh, yes, you know my little buddy, Fly Guy always, he he is definitely the mastermind behind all the bloopers in the show. He trying, y'all. He, 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 was, he was trying. He did really good the show, but now he's getting restless. Um, but of course, Jordan Richardson, 14 years old, lost his life. And an investigation, of course, is being launched to see if any laws were broken. I didn't hear anything about it, but like a civil case to see if any of his rights was violated. Uh, the the chief, Aspito, who they had called for his resignation, of course, disturbed by these statements that he's been making publicly about it. Uh, lawyers uh, for the family said that he forgot to mention um, even though he mentioned, you know, showing these pictures of his gun, it's not a toy. He had a pellet gun and you know what happened or whatever. He forgot to mention that prior to him getting shot, the guy said, you got me, you got me, you got me, you got me. So, I mean, initially it's been reported he did have a handgun. They was in some type of robbery. I don't know robbery, but then it says death of the event that they took the vase conference, um, vape cartridges. So I don't know if they robbed it, took money in addition to the big cartridges or they're considering the robbery of death is that, yeah, they theft, like they robbed, took from the store and that robbery was these base cartridges. But of course, for a young man to lose his life because of it is very, very sad. And then considering that he was running away and that the shot rang off while he was on the ground, even though they didn't have him handcuffed, so I'm not sure what it was, I'm sure the young man probably was scared running for his life. Um, like all I'm do, I didn't see anything that he pulled it out or anything or have you. But yeah, it was a pellet gun. Yeah, he stopped big cartridges and he should be today alive to have his day in court and face the consequences of whatever he was allegedly doing that day. He should not be deceased. His family, his friends, uh, the citizens there should not have to be doing a protest, marching the streets behind a hearse, um, crying out for justice, crying out for the due process. And, of course, saying that it's a mess. It's a mess. 14 years old, gone just like that. His mother is saying that basically what the officer wanted to happen happened that day. And he just took her son's life. He just took his life. We hear a lot now, not that it never happened in the past. Of course, we know with the history 
of such Semitic racism, discrimination, and biases here in this country and many uh, many cities over the world. Um, but yeah, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's like we always like the same things be happening, right? And the same things be coming back and learning. We like every time I say it, I be like, why does this happen? And not to say that um, other nationalities do not get killed and shot by the police, but more so or not, it is different ethnicities that are ethnicities, <laughs> look at me, that are breaking law, committing crimes, stuff far, 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 far more treacherous than stealing some vape cartridges and everything else like that. And they make it into the police department unscathed, unharmed, they have whole trials, you know, because that's my thing, things I'll be watching, whole trials, all of that, you know. And for the life of me, I just don't understand why this continues to happen to black men and people don't see it as being a problem. You know, a lot of people always want to bring up the fact um, about so much black on black crime and that black people kill each other. And when that happens, we're not as outraged um, as we should be. Me speaking myself, I'm always outraged. It's just always a mess. Um, but we can't, that does not negate the fact that every nationality kills one another. Black people are not only black people, uh, black people are not only people killing each other. It just so happens that that's our population, that's who's around us, that's how that happens. Um, now, I will say that I, I do believe in, in some regard there's a lot more pettiness happening now in the city to why um, people are senselessly getting murdered, but pettiness is in every nationality, is in every ethnic group that um, you can think of, and so is murder, so is murder, but the fact is, it's not every day that a person from another ethnicity gets killed by the police. It's not every day, it's not every day, and the fact is, every day, every day, every day, a black person here in America has the threat of being accosted, terrorized, harassed, and even killed by the police for simply doing things, as we've seen, driving in the car, traffic stops, walking the streets, selling cigarettes. We've just seen it several times for the littlest things, for the pettiest crimes, but somehow we wind up in the casket. It's a mess. It is a mess, y'all. It is a mess. So rest in peace to Jordell Richardson. Prayers and thoughts are with the family, with the citizens. I know it's a shocker. We know. Um, here in Baltimore, we dealt with it firsthand with the uprising, with the killing of Freddie Gray. Um, we deal with it with you as we watch it continuously happen around the world. Um, here in the USA. Hey, 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 hey. It's a mess. It's a mess. I've got to give y'all some uh, updates. Y'all know one of my favorite people to report on is Anand Sae. Yes, Anand Sae was the brother here that was released just last year when his sentence was vacated due to um, what they say. They said they didn't have, they had exploratory evidence, meaning that they had evidence that were basically or some type of statement that would show that he was not guilty. Um, also, they didn't share information about two other potential witnesses 
or whatever in the case. So back in 2022, it was a circuit court judge who vacated that sentence. That circuit court judge um, vacated the sentence and the state's attorney office had 30 days to either bring the case, the file, you know, to reschedule it or sometimes throw the case out or reschedule it or how whatever. File new charges. Oh, which you get, yeah, bring charges again. Whatever. Um, so now Saeed is 42 years old. He was found guilty in 2000 uh, for the killing of his former girlfriend and classmate up in Woodlawn, Ming Han Lee. Um, that was then she was murdered in 99. He was arrested in 2000. His charges consisted of first degree murder, robbery, kidnapping and false imprisonment. The sentence that was vacated last year was a sentence that was life plus 30 years. So after it being vacated, right, um, the brother brought up an issue, took it to the Supreme Court to hear the case. It's new information coming out by his devoted, devoted legal team. We got Erica Suter, who was the director of the Innocence Project at the, at the University of Merle, at the University Baltimore School of Law. And then we also have Brian Zavin. Brian Zavin is the co-counsel with Ms. Erica Suter, will be the lead counsel for Mr. Saeed. Um, he's the co-counsel as well as the chief attorney the Maryland Office of the Attorney General of the Appellate Division. So they are very devoted. They're there on this case. Um, they bring more statements out about this. And basically what they arguing is that they're asking the Supreme Court to reject the petition that was made by the family. We spoke on that before where the, the brother of, um, I believe his name was William, is it Kane Lee or something? I'm going to find it. It's in my notes, y'all. Um, but the brother of uh, Miss Ming Hung Lee, Mr. Lee, had put in a petition for the court. Ming Lee, yes. Hi, Ming uh, Lee. Han Min Lee. Hi, yeah, that's, that's the, Ming Lee. Han, listen, you know what I'm saying, Miss Lee. <laughs> Miss Lee, but I love money, right? Because he gets me together. He know my tongue be twisting and tying, and guess what? My mouth is dry. I need to take another sip of water. But yes, Miss Lee, she was murdered um, tragically in 99. Um, Saeed was locked up for in 2000. It got vacated just last year. The brother put in a petition to the Maryland Supreme Court um, basically saying that he didn't have a uh, his his I guess his day as the, as the victim representative to make an impact statement. However, however, I learned that after the decision of the circuit court judge um, that actually vacated the case, I learned that he had put in a request for the hearing to be postponed for like a week. That was the night, but then they allowed him uh, to do the the Zoom call to come in and make a statement, but. The lawyers, Ms. Suter and Mr. Zavin, are saying that what he is requesting is just wildly impractical and, and that distractorous. They're saying that it will fundamentally change our legal system. They're saying that he's not just act, asking to be able to give his victim statement because he's saying that he didn't um, get to say anything or getting, didn't get 
to show up. And I earlier reported it that that wasn't really the case. Like they had, they did notify him. He wasn't responding. And then he was saying that he was going to attend the Zoom thing to make a statement, but he never did. But then this was his reaction after learning about that the case, the um, the sentence was vacated. Um, they saying that he wants to be, he wants to act as a party in a hearing, something similar to like the prosecutor and defendant where they are aligned um, with insurance. He said he wants to challenge the evidence, cross-examine witnesses. Um, and that's rather different than his right to speak. Um, he seeks to change the legal system and he should be directing this to the general assembly. Um, so to act in a place of a prosecutor is not recognized here in the state, not even Washington, D.C. or federal court systems. And the courts do it's while they should encourage people. Right. It doesn't happen anywhere. So that that's what they're saying. That, that, uh, you know, his legal team is like, this doesn't happen anywhere. And he's not really asking to do his victim statement. He's asking to do all this other stuff where he's kind of stepping into the interests that are aligned with like a prosecutor, a prosecutor and, right. and a defendant, mm -hmm. right? A prosecutor and a defendant. And even though, you know, the justice system and the courts encourage people to come, you know, to an agreement um, on their differences and, you know, in cases and stuff, that has never been a case where a victim or a victim representative can kind of step into that role and do the questioning or cross-examine witnesses and stuff like that. So he don't just want to make a statement. He, yeah, he want to do all that. He, I guess he's not pleased with what the circuit court judge found it was the reason to be able to vacate it. He, he got questioned. Well, rightfully so. It's his right to have. But, I mean, what would have made the difference if he was present and made his victim statement? I was asking that before. And it, it appears that he doesn't just want to make a victim statement. He wants to do more, more. He has more questions. He does not, he does not agree with the decision. Uh, that circuit court judge who made that decision was Miss Melissa M. Finn. She is the one who granted the motion after the motion was um, sought and requested by the state's attorney office here. Um, she's the one that did it. They had 30 dollars to either schedule a new trial or drop the charges. And that's what happened. Um, she had denied his request to postpone it. They sent out an offer for him to attend Zoom. He said he was going to attend. He didn't. After it came out that it was vacated, he had a problem with it. He had a problem with it. And that's how I go. It's a mess. I had to report on my favorite person. I didn't even really have time to get into the whole sports of these mighty cancers. Yes, it's cancer season that has approached us. Yes. Summer just started yesterday, and I believe it's the longest day of the year as well as the shortest night. And it was a long day for me. I didn't even really get to get into what I went through yesterday, but I'm going to make sure that I do it on the next show because, for real, I mean, I want to talk about it, but not for real. I'm still recovering, getting over it. But shout out to the Kansas. It's Kansas season. There's a lot of mighty Kansas out here. You know Kansas, them caring people, them loyal people, but also has that hard shell. And if they love you, they love on you hard. But then it sometimes turns from them being nurturing to them kind of being like bossy and like possessive. I guess that's everybody because they surely says it about me and my son. 
a Leo. Uh, but shout out to the Cancers if you got a birthday. Turn up, make some noise. But summer came in yesterday and it has took a vacation. It has took a break. Marnie had speculated earlier in the show, got something to do with them Canada wildfires. Look, still uh <laughs> still affecting us because it's kind of like cold here. Um, but enjoy it, y'all. We needed the rain. We needed, I guess, that little break. I know I did. From the heat, I was ready for summer, but I wasn't really ready for all of this heat. Um, but it feels good. It's been raining the last couple of days. And enjoy it. It's summertime, y'all. You better live. I'm going to be back through here next week. Giving it to you, your news, our views, speaking what's on my mind, because that's what I love to do all of the time. Don't forget about the what's up, what's up, and what's what, what's what. What was that, buddy? Don't forget to talk about your guest next week. Oh, my guest, I cannot forget. And guess what? I got to confirm it, so don't be mad at me, because that's just how we've been lately. I thought that I was on a roll, but then... People just kind of like stop rocking. But guess what? I ain't stopping. I'm the person that's going to be here every Thursday, every week, inspiring you to just live. And I do that not only talking about the business and breaking news and current events, but it's also my mission to make sure I bring through the positivity and the power. As much as many struggles it is in Baltimore City is to bring through the power folk. Not only from my city, but then, you know, other cities around the world. Next week, I'm looking forward to having my cousin, uh -huh, okay, the mighty Marquise Clinton, Marquise Revlon, however, whatever he goes by these days, you know, the powerful Mar Marquise Clinton, who is definitely a legend in his own right. He is definitely a trained and professional choreographer uh, and a dancer. He's been doing all types of stuff. Um, he's definitely took the lead here in Baltimore when it comes to um, affairs and events that consist of the LGBT community, um, but then as well as his uh, private light and life and holding classes um, for him, just all of that. His passion is definitely to educate and to motivate people to get in the world of dance and everything else like that. And he's been doing it in fashion as well, because he's held several fashion shows. He's also been coaches for different um, high school teams that have modeling teams and all of that stuff. Yes, very talented. And should I say, because I mentioned he's my cousin, he's always been. He has always been. Yes, my little fat child used to be dancing with him back when we was on Broadway Posse. But look for him. And I'm definitely going to confirm it next week with a real or something, giving y'all an update about him. He's supposed to be here um, next week with me. So I hope that he comes through. Big shout out to the people who have come through before. And Come through, come through, be exposed. Be exposed is the way to be. Like I say, it's where to be. It's where to be. And right now, it's the way to be every Thursday with me. Your girl, Chase Thrill, the Empress Lady Cake Mix. I'll be back next week. I'll be back next week. God loves you. God bless you. Don't let nothing stress you, even when it tests you. Okay? Because I know it's a mess. <laughs> you gotta live. See you next week. Mm.